Hey everyone, just want to give uh, my thanks and appreciation to all of you who hit play and listened to the previous episode of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast. Um, it was a very special feature episode where I interviewed Caleb Young of Far Ride Magazine and he did the Far Ride Transcan ride. Um, if you're looking for visuals, do check out uh, the 3T bike post. It has some great photos there's going to even be better photos coming out on the far ride magazine uh publication coming out next uh in june in june i'm just going to say june um more details to come but again i just wanted to take this moment to say thank you to each and every one of you who did hit play listened commented uh left a review all that good stuff thank you thank you thank you can't say enough my humble appreciations coming from the bike shop boyfriend myself dustin awesome Okay, I'm just choking up here. So, thank you. Bye. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 33, aka the 33 of Bike Shop Boyfriend Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and on this episode, I am going to be doing a bit of house cleaning. I'm going to be catching up on some things that I should have maybe talked about a week or two ago. Um, that being said, Let's get on with the show. Here we go. All right. Thank you. Welcome back. It's a proper episode of Bike Shop Boyfriend Podcast. There's no feature. There's no special um, raw audio to any of this particular episode so if you're looking for that i'm sorry to disappoint but i will have more of the kind of goodies coming your way very soon um so i've got uh usually how i organize the podcast itself is uh i have a notebook and i write down ideas for the segments themselves um i have tried to just free ball and uh pull ideas out of a hat from all the thoughts and goings on that I do have for this podcast and having listened to the results thereafter yes it feels organic it feels very raw however it feels very scattered very much like my thoughts so I find writing down my thoughts onto a page starts to solidify and organize it and I feel it's a better user slash listening experience for you guys so if you guys want me to actually freeform, free jazz uh, these episodes, let me know in the comments. Um, but until then, I'm going to keep organizing my thoughts this way, and it, I feel it just makes a better product in the end. So uh, without further ado, uh, I've got a bit of a checklist here of house cleaning that I've been wanting to talk about for uh, two feature slash episodes now. And here we go. Um, one, I'm back on the bike. Um, Having gone to Quebec City and come back, it took a little while to sort of get back into the swing of things, mostly due to the busyness that my work, uh, both jobs, I was still working in an office and I still work at the bike shop, hence the reason for this uh, podcast. Um, things are beginning to escalate in the shop in terms of how much foot traffic we are getting in, how busy we all are, and the past two weeks has seen a noticeable increase in how busy uh, my shifts are and how packed they are. Um, that being said, I've sort of let drop my routine of uh, being on the bike and being back on it. It hasn't been all wine and roses. Um, 
and I'm kind of wondering, is it just me or is this actually harder? And looking at the data after the fact, <laughs> it is in fact harder. Um, Things have escalated in terms of my programming. Uh, for those that may not know, I am currently following uh, Trainer Road's structured program. Um, I do Zwift from time to time uh, under the Bike Shop's uh, account, so we can, you know, unlock certain features, and it just makes it easier for when folks do try out uh, Zwift, um, they get to see some of the cooler features therein. Um, that's a huge tangent. Anyways, back to me. Um, my training is going on very fine. Uh, it's very weighted in terms of consistency towards the end of the week. So I'm often putting together a bit of a block of structured training. That being said, uh, I am supposed to be doing the hour and a half workout that the program is telling me to do. And I haven't done it yet, mostly for the fact that I'm going to be doing it this evening after I do some... Uh, IT slash setting up of fun stuff for my pops. Uh, he got himself a Google Home Mini. I, I whisper that because my Google Homes are actually listening to me. Um, he got one and I'm going to be setting it up. He is legally blind, so uh, I'm f hoping that this is going to make it a lot less of a friction uh type user experience for him uh, he asks a lot of why questions that my mom does not know uh, and myself not being around I'm really good at useless aka stupid trivia the kind of questions you would get on Jeopardy almost um, when it comes to who is in this particular movie we are hoping that the uh, Google Home is actually going to be the solution to this problem for him wow that really got off on a tangent there anyways um, that being said got a lot going on today it is sunday uh it is also the day of uh, sort of the end of the spring classics in terms of liege baston liege um it is a massive race it's uh the grand old lady as they call it and it sort of puts an end to my routine for the spring of watching uh cyclocross races on the weekend and then watching road races also on the weekend um sort of sleeping in and enjoying like watching tv in bed kind of thing uh and enjoying coffee so without further ado that's it that's it for my spring classics uh it's gonna start getting up early and getting on the bike and getting outside a little bit more often so uh, i don't expect it to be easier i just expect it to be uh myself to be going harder in fact so there you have it So the fact also too that the workouts themselves are harder, uh, I do find myself heavily challenged cardio wise and even focused slash mentally. Um, I'm going to be writing a blog post about it on the Fast Feet of D. Uh, again, that is fastfeetofd.com. Uh, that is actually the blog home site of uh, the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast. Um, I'm going to be delving into a little bit more as to uh, failing while doing these bike structured bike training uh, workouts. And the fact that it's gotten harder makes it kind of almost, I don't know, you can find that as a mental barrier or not, but I find it actually as a motivation to try and keep going. Um, 
I don't need more recovery. I find myself it's just more of a mental fatigue. Uh, being indoors for how long I've been doing these indoor workouts, it's beginning to get a little bit tedious. And the fact that it's nice outside now, uh, we're forecasting to get a daytime high of 19 degrees Celsius. And bear with me. Hey, Google, what is 19 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? 19 degrees Celsius equals 66.2 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, there you go. It's about 66 um, Fahrenheit for you imperial followers there. Um, it's it's kind of nice weather to be beginning to ride out. However, one thing to be said is that it's extremely dusty in the city that I live in. So that being said, uh, you're kind of ingesting a lot of salt and such into uh, into your lungs and all that. But it's almost an excuse to not go outside right now. Next week, I will be going outside. I will be trying to put in a full weekend on the bike outside, mostly to try out uh, a new little bit of gadgetry that I got. Um, I will be using the Wahoo Element Bolt for my riding this upcoming season. And I'm actually really excited to try it out. I'm coming from a Garmin. Uh, I'm not going to be disparaging Garmin whatsoever. I find they have great products. Uh, The response time is amazing. Um, there's a little bit of uh, too many menus, I would call it, to try and set one up. However, the pairing of it, uh, how it responds, how it captures that data, how you can use that data, um, I can't say enough good things about the product. Um, the people that are saying that their batteries are dying, this and that, I don't know if they're just being negligent and not charging up their garments before going out on a three-hour ride. Um that's on that's user error that's kind of jackassery to be honest so with that being said i'm actually very excited about this new wahoo coming out so expect a review So having mentioned uh, a dedicated cycling computer, um, a lot of the riders that we get coming into the bike shop are still using their mobile phones on bikes. And so there's uh, eh, there's a fair amount of cell phones actually being strapped to a stem or an out front type uh, computer mount. Um, I'm not opposed to this, but I will say this, that in a potential crash situation, or a bumpy road, or a technical trail situation, you can possibly lose your phone. Now, I don't know how much your phone costs, but on average, between um, 300 to maybe, eh, I think an iPhone 10 is still about $1,000 Canadian. Um, that's an expensive computer to one, drop, two, lose, three, get damaged. Um, so that's on you if you want to risk your phone and this and that. Secondly, another good point to say, sort of maybe point out is if you are like myself and you like to ride one-handed at times and take photos, candid photos of your fellow ride mates or even just the spectacular scenery that you're witnessing, having having the phone mounted to your handlebar um, sometimes that mount is a little too sticky, and uh, by sticky, I don't mean it actually adhering. I just mean it catching on stuff, um, and it sort of becomes a bit of a nuisance to try and like unquarter lock uh, the or unlock 
the phone mount from the stem slash mounting surface, try and take that photo, try and get your hands onto it. Meanwhile, you're supposed to be looking at vehicles, right? So that being said, there's something to be said about a dedicated bike computer. And for the most part, they do start at around less than a hundred bucks for uh, something very minimal um, that is even wireless. And if you are wanting something with GPS and getting fancy pants, um, they are around 250 bucks for starting ones on the giant head unit that I got to try uh, last year that was a sub $200 model. And Garmin's actually coming out with a very price pointed slash featured uh, minimal 150 uh, head unit that's coming out that I think is gonna be pretty much a blockbuster type product. And then even my Wahoo retail price on that is around eh, 400 bucks. And if it were to crash, I'm okay with $400 crashing rather than uh, $700 to $1,000 for the phone that I use uh, crashing and me having to replace that value. So, um, you know, you're the consumer, you get to make your own decisions. But myself, I advocate for a full dedicated cycling computer, one for the form factor, two for if it crashes, it's not the end of the world. And three, should I crash, I still potentially have my phone to actually rescue me from that situation. Whereas my computer, yes, um, if it were to crash, sometimes it can alert. Uh, some of them have this crash feature. And my man, The Essential, knows all about this, where if you were to crash, you have to sort of disable it before it starts uh, sending out a emergency text to your loved ones to say that, hey, this person has crashed. So... With that being said, I'll let you make your own informed decisions, but I'm just letting you know there's uh, there's, there's a pros and cons for using your bike, uh, sort of using your mobile device on your bike, uh, as opposed to a dedicated cycling computer that's going to give you all that data nonetheless. So that's my two cents. I'll let you give me your two cents. Cool. Let me know in the comments below. So this is just a random note that I have written down here. Um, so the cycling, road cycling, should be pointing that out. Um, the classic season has finally sort of unofficially come to an end. Um, there is a fall classic that takes place. It's a one-day race uh, in uh, Lombardy. And that's the fifth of the five monuments. And But one of the races, actually, I noticed it's uh, Trobro Lyon. Um, it's a French race. It takes place on some gravel roads. But the finishing, or the winner, actually, receives a live piglet as their prize. Um, one, it feels slightly wrong that they're giving a, a live animal to the winner. Um, if it were up to me, that, that's, that's beyond uh, incomprehensible, to be honest. Um, it's sort of like gifting someone a puppy on... Christmas. Um, it's up there with surprising someone with a pet. Um, I don't know if the person is actually keeping the pet and uh, kudos to the person to winning, by the way. But I, I really feel the UCI needs to sort of crack down on organizers sort of getting into this somewhat tricky spot. Uh, myself, I am not uh, a vegan or a vegetarian by trade or by practice. Um, I do enjoy eating animals um but i'm just saying it's a little bit 
I don't know, it feels gauche, if you know what I mean. Uh, a little bit wrong to be giving away a live animal as a prize. Um, it's kind of up there with podium girls and uh, people on display to sort of uh, showcase the race. Um, I don't feel pig or a piglet, for that matter, is uh, appropriate prize whatsoever uh, to be giving to a winner. Um, also, my last point, and this is me wearing my crown of uh, UCI Emperor of all things cycling, by the way. Um, I would have more fanfare in the background when I would announce that. But is there should be no time cuts for the one-day races. Um, it's either a finish or you did not finish uh, type situation. I really feel those that lined up uh, for this race who give it their all. There is no other day to do this until next year. Um, I say you let them finish. Uh, there was a few instances at the uh, Paris-Roubaix from two weeks ago where one guy finished an hour outside of the time cut. The fact that there is a time cut is kind of abhorrent. Uh, all these guys are going and they're trying to just survive the experience. It's one of those stories that you kind of want them to finish so that way they can hand it down to riders who are coming up. Uh, that they might come across in terms of experience and also to family lore and history is kind of built on these kind of experiences um, personally I would also like to see uh, if there's a men's one day race I would like to see a women's one day race uh, to accompany it um, it's a great promotional tool for getting women into cycling uh, I myself am a huge proponent of I want to see women race more and I want to see it televised uh, those are my big two things and of course, third would be equal prize money to doing um, the same race or make it proportional. If um, they're only doing, say, it's 300 kilometers of racing and the women are only doing 250, if you make the prize money proportional based on the kilometers that they are covering, fine. That's whatever on its own thing. But at least the same kilometer value would be going to the men as well as the women. And I would even advocate I'd like to see women do full distances of what the men are doing. Um, not out of uh, a pro-feminist or a pro-equalization. I just feel um, if I had a daughter, I would love to see her. Uh, and I do have many nieces, by the way. Lots and lots of nieces, I just realized. Um, I would like to see her or they um, actually compete at, in the same field as the men, as the men and male uh, riders would. Because um, I think she would be good and actually deserve it. So, um, yeah, I just enjoy watching people race. And sometimes the women's races are actually way more entertaining than the men's have been this past spring. And I think a lot of my uh, fellow viewers would also agree on that point. Um, yeah. So that's me wearing my uh, crown of UCI Emperor of all things cycling. So, wow, that really took an interesting turn. Oh, last minute. Um, Campagnolo has actually released a 12-speed gr group set, and that's actually very interesting because uh, it's incorporating a thinner chain design. Um, so I'm kind of leery about that, to be honest. Uh, hopefully it creates less friction, but I'm actually more intrigued by the fact that it could be a weaker system. Uh, there's less material being involved because they do make that chain a little bit thinner. And then also, uh, it's going to be interesting for the hub spacing because it's actually using existing 11-speed uh, hub bodies. Um, on the technical side of things, that's great because it's allowing folks that already have an 11 speed system to still use their existing uh, stable or quiver of wheels as we also call it. Um, 
but going forward, it's going to be interesting how that 11 speed now going into a 12 speed system is going to be affecting geometries of bikes. Um, there's something of a rumor that boost, which is a mountain bike standard, uh, spacing is going to be coming to road bikes soon enough. Um, myself, I'm kind of against that because then we're sort of getting into, a um, too much mountain bike in road cycling. However, I'm a huge fan of stiffer hubs, and I'm also a fan of simplified drivetrains, especially for new users getting into it. Um, but that being said, I do like the fact that um, a rim brake system is very user friendly, actually, if you sh if you are shown how to use it. Um, but that being said, I do prefer seeing folks get equipment that is safe. Um, easy to use and also fun to use um, and I feel that with a one by system or even uh, a 12 speed system it's really gonna allow folks that are using a one by drivetrain to have 12 options rather than just 11 maybe find a proper cadence so that they can actually work on leg speed um, and also effort I guess and yeah, it'll be interesting how that all shakes out. I know that Shimano is coming out with one, and I know SRAM is also coming out with one. So the big three are all coming out with 12-speed systems. Um, my tentative predictive date for when you'll start seeing a Shimano 12-speed is going to be, again, 2020, my guess, as well as the fully wireless system that Shimano has uh, actually filed a patent for. Uh, it'll be interesting when they come up with that. SRAM, uh, I think you'll actually see it sort of just pop out out of nowhere. Um, there might be some prototype views of it, and you might see their, uh, as I mentioned before, their cycle cross riders that they sponsor. I think that they will be the first ones to actually try um, the prototype version of a 12-speed system, as well as the Aqua Blue uh, team. They're also going to be probably the prototype uh, unit or team that's going to be using these one by 12 systems. Um, okay. That's me being a super bike nerd. Enjoy. Uh, and on to the next segment. So earlier this week, um, three sort of situations came about that they're all going to kind of be answered by myself uh, in the same way. But first, uh, these are the f three instances uh, where this all sort of came about. I had a customer um, buying accessories online as well as another customer wanting to buy a bike from a uh, business to consumer type model. Uh, so they're going to be buying it directly from uh, the bike manufacturer. And third, uh, a customer buying foodstuffs online. I'm not going to be calling out anyone here um, because it's not privacy, but it's just practices that the customer nowadays is doing when uh, when they're in a brick and mortar. And also full disclosure, thank you to those that, you know, totally said that they were going to do it. So there's no hard feelings, really. Um, and on that note, I'm actually okay with it. That's my answer to all three of those situations. Um, one, the customer is being satisfied by their own um, consumer needs. So if it is less friction for you to order something online, I highly recommend you do it. Um, the fact that uh, my brick and mortar shop that does have an online presence 
doesn't have the means to maybe say acquire, um, you know, like the foodstuffs uh, or get the maybe best price from the bike manufacturer to yourself and delivered right to your door, that's great. And also sometimes buying online uh, for your accessories is a little bit less expensive. Um, we're all wanting to save money, I do it too. Um, that being said, I have to give kudos to actually all three. One, to the lady who was buying uh, her accessories online. She's not terribly handy and she said flat out that she's going to be coming to the shop and she says that she's expecting to pay full price for uh, the labor that it costs to install those accessories. Fair play. We didn't have it. She knows where to get it. She's going to pay for it and she's okay with us installing it and we'll do a great job of it too, by the way. Um, secondly, to the customer that was buying a bike, uh, who's going to be buying a bike from the bike brand itself to that consumer. He asked me about sizing and I sized him up uh, on an existing bike and it's hopefully going to transfer those measurements. Uh, at least I gave him a ballpark what to look for and also I gave him the advice to not buy an integrated uh, bar and handlebar. Uh, sorry, a handlebar and stem setup. Uh, it's a unified piece. Um, just for his own bike fit, I don't recommend folks do that right off the gun unless they have been bike fitted. Um, and because my friend slash customer is uh, going this route, I did recommend that he get the two-piece where it is a handlebar separate from the stem so that way we can actually dial that in. Once we got that dialed in, feel free to knock yourself out, order that piece online, get it in, we'll install it, we'll wrap your bar tape, all that good stuff. Um, and I think he's going to take my advice. Uh, on a side note, he did win his category for uh, the bike race on Saturday, so congratulations, you know who you are, I'm not calling you out, but you're awesome. Okay. Anyways, and my third customer for buying foodstuffs online, some of the distribution that we get is a little bit tantamount to being snail pace. Um, as a brick and mortar bike shop that it only has one person doing the ordering and not all the distributors are available to order that product from. Um, sometimes it's our side where we get a little bit slow in trying to uh, speed up to order that product and get it in and it still takes about a business week or it's on the distributor side where they are just a little bit on the slow side getting product to us to sell to the customer. Sometimes the customer circumnavigates all of that and buys it directly from the manufacturer of the snack good. Hopefully that all made sense. Um, kudos to them. Uh, I totally want folks to have a frictionless experience and I'm totally okay with that. Um, and I'm also okay with them if they don't like the product, that's their user knowledge, but I am going by their user experience because um, it actually helps us as a brick and mortar do better in the future. And I always want to do right by the customer and I also want to do right by the shop that I work for and sometimes those aren't always the same thing. So that being said, um, yeah, I'm okay with it. What do you think? Let me know your thoughts. Uh, do you find that uh, your brick and mortar bike shop is doing their best to try and get you that product or is there stuff that they can work on and do you shop online? That's a great question to ask you. Let me know in the comments below.
So if you're listening to, if you've been a regular listener of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast, you know that that little drum beat right before this segment and me talking is somewhat predictive of I'm beginning to tailor the end of the episode as we speak. Um, Yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone that has uh, left me a comment, um, told me in person that they are a listener of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast and that they are enjoying uh, the content that I'm putting out. And also, if you have any uh, content that you would want me to cover on this particular podcast, do let me know. You can reach me at uh, at Dustin WHT, uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. I reply to all my direct messages as well as comments. Um, love hearing from you. Also, Calum, uh, who was my guest on the previous feature, um, he's been getting a lot of love for the podcast. So again, give him a shout out. Give him a follow. That's Kayla Mino Young at uh, both Instagram and Facebook. And I think his YouTube channel is coming up live very shortly. So do stay tuned for that. I am actually trying to somewhat negotiate some time off so I can go to the East Coast and go visit him. Um, I'll let you know how that all works out for me too, by the way. And then also coming up this week, I'm going to be talking about... uh, Trek's new gravel bike, as well as collaborations within brands. Um, It's something I've been very interested about hearing about and possibly even doing. Um, And third is uh, the band, who you'll start hearing more and more about uh, because I'm going to be recording rides as I ride. Um, The band actually went riding without me. Uh, The reason being why they went without me is because my nephew, who is four and awesome and rad and was a little bit grouchy um i hooked him up with a new helmet so he can start riding his bike um i kind of took a little bit of priority and um sort of favored hanging out with my nephew and helping my sister select a helmet for her son and uh i've posted a few photos online if you know anything about me i've been waiting for this moment for about four years because my older nieces that do ride a bike they're not terribly into riding a bike by the way so my nephew, who's just been so gung-ho about riding his bike, now has a helmet. He's going to be ripping it up. I'm actually going to probably be covering it on my Instagram. I'm going to try and get him into cyclocross this year and hopefully get him two-wheel ready uh, for the fall. So we'll see how that goes. If not, I got one year to wait, and he's going to be rocking it out. So with that being said, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. Please leave me a rating on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all the different distribution channels. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I hope you have a great weekend and enjoy the week to come. Cheers.